Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host, and it is Memorial Day. (laughs) It is Memorial Day. One of the problems with actually writing the show and finishing it early is that um, sometimes, not often, but sometimes I actually forget to record it because I'm like, oh, I'm done writing it. Because usually uh, when I write the show, as soon as I'm done, I record. So, yeah, I (laughs) I forgot to record on Friday. I'm sorry. Having said that, let's go ahead and jump into the news. Lordstown Motors has cut their target production goal in half for 2021. That brings their new target to 1,100 trucks total for the rest of this year. Their timeline remains the same. Pre-production should begin in July with delivery starting in Q4 2021. Honestly, I figured they would miss all of their public goals for 2021 after the Hindenburg report. So let's see if they can pull it off. That'd be really interesting if they can. They are also seeking $200 million in additional funding uh, in the form of a loan, a government loan. And yeah, I mean, I wish them luck. And I, I've mentioned on the show before, I do own stock in Lordstown Motors. So don't trust anything I say about this company that's positive because I have a financial incentive for them to uh, succeed. However, uh, they're making it very hard for me to say positive things about the company at the moment. Um, an update on that Hindenburg report that I mentioned, the board, the Lordstown board has authorized an investigation into the allegations and we'll have a full report by the end of Q2 2021, which is in about a month. So I look forward to reading that and, and getting back to you. Last week, I mentioned that Volkswagen entered the ID4 into a 1,000-mile off-road race called the Nora Mexican 1000. While they did not win a trophy... They did finish without needing to perform any sort of repairs, so that's a positive. The car was somewhat modified for the race conditions, but the major drive systems were stock for the ID4, like the drive unit, the battery pack, and other systems. The only things they changed are really like shocks and stuff like that. So they did a great job. Um, Just finishing a 1,000 miles is pretty impressive. Uh, the Lordstown, when they did their race, they made it like 50 and they're like, we've learned so much from these 50 miles. We're going to go back to the shop. Um, yeah. So, so good job, Volkswagen. Rivian will delay the launch of the R1T by one month. Rivian has or is currently contacting reservation holders to notify them of the delay. Rivian is reporting that this delay is due to 
shipping container delays, chip shortages, and then they want to ensure that the service centers are properly set up. So this makes sense. This jives with every other company that's out there that's trying to build something right now in the pandemic or at the tail end of the pandemic, depending on what you believe. Um, this doesn't seem like a big deal to me. A month isn't a huge delay. So this is just a minor inconvenience. I do want to say that Rivian seems like a very well-run company from the outside. They've taken Tesla and other companies' public failures, and they've really <laughs> taken those to heart. And they're doing their best to, A, keep whatever problems they have under wraps. Because I'm sure, you know, you can't build a, an electric vehicle from scratch without having running into some issues. And B, the, the public failures or the public issues that they have had, they've done a pretty decent job of mitigating those in a way that if I was their customer, I would be happy. So great job to Rivian. Let's move on to NEO. NEO has upped its order from GAC Motors. That's JAC Motors. I don't know what happened there. To 240,000 vehicles instead of 120,000 vehicles. So JAC Motors is the company that NEO pays to build their cars effectively. Like Apple and other electronics companies use Foxconn. NEO uses JAC Motors. Initially, they were going to build their own plant, but uh, that didn't make financial sense at the time. So they decided to use JAC to build all of their cars, at least until they can figure out how they're going to pay for a factory. But that factory is not coming until at least May of 2024 because they just re-upped their contract with JAC Motors until May of 2024. <laughs> um, but to get back to the initial part of this story, the reason why they're increasing their order is because NEO is expanding into Europe-adjacent. By that, I mean they're going to start out in Norway and then expand from there to the rest of Europe and hopefully North America. I'm really excited about this company. I think they build great cars. I think they're a very well-run company. If I can bring it back to the Rivian thing, Neo is also a very well-run company. In the nearly five years that I've been doing this podcast, I cannot think of a more exciting time for EVs than right now. We have so many great vehicles out there. Or I shouldn't say out there. I should say coming in the near future. <laughs> Um, within the next year, uh, it, it's it's awesome. We want competition. We want companies to push each other. At some point after I started the podcast, I decided to split Tesla news away from other company EV news, just because Tesla had actually things that were going on at the moment. And then all the other EV companies were making promises. Well, those promises are coming to fruition. Now, <laughs> some of those automakers didn't they didn't pan out, but that's okay. But there are a ton of cool companies out there doing really cool things and just kind of challenging the concept of what an EV can be or what a car can be. I'm I'm just so excited. It's, it's been a really good couple of weeks for me. It's just been a lot of fun. So let's get back into the news. Ford wants 40% of all sales to be electric by 2030. 40% of their own sales. I mean, I'm sure they don't really care about Chevy. Um, to achieve this, Ford is investing $30 billion in battery development and other EV architecture and modular technologies. And by modular technology, I'm reading this as some sort of platform that they can use across their fleet of vehicles and between all of the companies that make up Ford. To help this along, there's a rumored Ford Bronco EV waiting to be officially announced. And a Ford Explorer EV has been confirmed by Ford last week. Then there's the F-150. 
And it looks like the F-150 is going to have a range of 230 miles to a max of about 300. Although there is some buzz from a video Marquez Brownlee put out that he indicated that the range for the F-150, at least the higher end F-150, may be closer to 400 miles. Now, this may be true, and it, it definitely makes sense to me. Um, Under-promise and over-perform is, is never a bad way to go. I mean, the truck's already got enough buzz, so keeping that range expectation low is, is actually a good thing because if the truck didn't get a ton of buzz or somebody criticized the range, they can say, well, you know, it's closer to actually 400 miles. We just didn't want to say anything. Um, and then if, if the truck got a positive review, like it's getting right now, they can release that information and stay in the news sometime later. So then, I mean, that makes sense. Now, according to Marquez Brownlee, he said the reason why they, that Ford gave the vehicle a 300 mile range is that is with a thousand pound load in the back of the truck. So without the thousand pounds, then you get that higher end range. Don't know if it's true or not, but that's what they said. SK Innovations will be providing battery cells for Ford for these F-150s. We still don't have solid details on what's included in each of the three packages. I have seen rumors that Ford is planning on putting cloth seats in some of these vehicles. Don't do that, man. Don't do that. Don't put leather in because it kind of goes against the eco-friendly vibe that you're trying to put out there. But don't put cloth in. There's, there's, You can use recycled materials to make a very nice-looking seat that is leather-ish. I don't know. I hope that's not what they're going to do. I hate cost seats. They're so terrible. And and full disclosure, I have leather in both of my vehicles, and that is only because I have children and they need to be easy to clean. If I didn't, if I had a choice not to choose leather and something that was more um, eco-friendly, I would have definitely chosen that for my vehicles. And to finish up with this Ford article. We don't have detailed pricing information at this time. Ford said they'll make that information available this fall, and the F-150 Lightning will launch spring of 2022. There is a bunch of inaccurate information out there. I have people coming up to me at work uh, spewing stuff that they're like, this vehicle is going to be $40,000 and have 300-mile range, and it can tow X amount, and you, you, I, you just kind of have to correct them. That that's that information is not correct. So um, just be aware out there. <laughs> I'm seeing a ton of information that has not been confirmed by Ford. So don't take that as fact. But I do think this is a great initial offering for Ford. And eventually they're going to turn this F-150 into something that's super cool. Like right now it's really cool. But in a couple of years, this truck is going to be so darned impressive. It'll rule the market. I'm pretty sure. I feel confident about that. Moving on, Hyundai will reduce the number of internal combustion vehicles or ICE vehicles in order to free up resources for EVs, according to a Reuters report. So the report says that we're looking at a 50% reduction in ICE vehicles. This frees up research and development, production, and marketing resources, as well as other resources that I'm not familiar with because I'm a dummy who hosts a podcast in his basement. Hyundai is moving forward with hydrogen fuels in addition to the now traditional battery-powered EVs. So that's something we talked about, I think, last week. Ultimately, Hyundai wants to be a 100% EV company by 2040. And one of the things I'm going to talk about in the Patreon exclusive this week is the Ionic 5. I am so obsessed with this car. This 
hmm. I was talking to my wife last night. I was like, this would be a really good family car for us. Um, I don't, I really don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I love this car so much. Um, it, it's really tempting. But I'll talk about my temptations in the Patreon exclusive segment because there's some really cool news on this car. Anyway, that brings us to patrons. Hey, everybody. Thank you for supporting the show. I really appreciate each and every single one of you. If you would like to support the show, we only have one tier, and it's $1. And for $1, you get a handwritten thank you note from me. You get stickers. You get buttons. Like, honestly, it's the best dollar you're going to spend. And then you get whatever sort of Patreon-exclusive feed I decide to do for that month. I try to do two a month. I've been terrible at it lately, but that's how many I try to get done. And, uh, yeah, and then when I decide to take advertising, which I did a lot of research into this week, you don't have to listen to the ads. You get your own exclusive feed. To sign up, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or support kilowatt.com. And yeah, take a look. There is some free content up there too. It's not all paid content. So anyway, all the money goes to the show. None of the money goes into my own pocket because I'm really trying to build this thing up and make it better for you. Let's move on to our Tesla segment. Tesla installed as many Powerwalls in the last year as they did in the previous five years. So if that was confusing, because <laughs> I feel like I wrote that really weird, we know that Tesla has installed over 200,000 Powerwalls globally. So in the first five years, they did 100,000, and the last year, they did 100,000. So that's awesome. They're also working with EVE Energy Company, which is a Chinese company, battery company, to secure low-cost lithium iron phosphate batteries to bolster their operations in China. Now, these batteries are going on the more affordable versions of the Model 3 and the Model Y. Right now, CATL is the only LFP supplier for Tesla. So it makes sense that those $40,000 vehicles, or whatever the Chinese equivalent is of the $40,000 vehicle, they're putting those lithium iron phosphate batteries in those vehicles. Giga Berlin suffered a little setback from what Electrek is calling saboteurs. So the alleged saboteurs set 500 meters of cabling supplying electricity to the construction site at Giga Berlin on fire to prove a political point. The fire then spread to a small part portion of the adjacent forest because if you've ever seen Giga Berlin, it is surrounded by this beautiful lush forest. Police don't know who the suspects are, but a group calling itself Vulcan Group or Gruppe, I don't know, I don't speak German, obviously, I barely speak English. Anyway, this group is claiming that Tesla is neither green, ecological, nor social, and that the green automobile is a lie. So if their beef with Tesla is because Tesla is perpetrating the lie that Tesla is a green motor company, then I would probably... No, no, probably. I would agree with them. If you create something with raw materials taken from the earth, then it is not a, a green solution. It is not earth-friendly. Like, green solutions really should be something that gives back to the earth once you've finished with it. Now, I'm sure there's other people out there that be like, no, it's not. That's fine. This is my view. If something is green, when you've disposed of it, it goes back to the earth and it makes the earth or, you know, the environment stronger. That's not what's happening when you build an electric vehicle. Far from it. 
Now, I will say that EVs are more eco-friendly than traditional ICE vehicles. So saying something is eco-friendly is kind of a sticky wicket here. EVs are more eco-friendly than ICE vehicles, but they are less eco-friendly than bicycles. And bicycles are more eco-friendly than EVs, but they're less eco-friendly than walking. See where I'm going with this? So, um, yeah. While I, I probably agree with their overall message there that electric vehicles aren't green, I don't agree with how they're trying to get noticed and their message out there. And by the way, if you're protesting a company because you think they're destroying the environment with their lies, maybe you don't spread flammable liquid all over the high voltage lines covered in petroleum-based plastics and then light it on fire and then catch a part of the Porsche, uh, part of the forest on fire. So again, I support people's right to protest. I don't really care what your views are. If you want to protest something, then go ahead. That we have those rights in the United States and I 100% support your rights. Although the, I understand this is in Germany, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> kind of going off topic. Setting things on fire is not the way to get your message out there, especially if you're like, you know, earth friendly. If you want to have an Earth-friendly message and that we're destroying the Earth, it's just not a good way to do things. And by the way, um, you didn't even really interrupt construction. They're, they were back online in no time. So this is, this is just a really weird way to get your message out there. Unless, unless this group is pro-internal combustion vehicles. And in that case, carry on because your actions are definitely in line with your message. But since we don't know what the underpinnings of their reasoning for this message is, then, I mean, I don't know, hard to say. You know, it's not hard to say. Model 3 and Model Y. Model 3s and Model Ys built in May of 2021 going forward will no longer come with radar. Now, we've talked about this in the past and Tesla's removing the radar in favor of Tesla Vision. Tesla has said that the transition to Tesla Vision full self-driving and autopilot will actually get a little worse as they're transitioning. This isn't new when they transitioned from hardware one to hardware two, hardware one actually had more features, more working features for quite some time than hardware two did. So this is not uncommon. Auto steer, smart summon and emergency lane departure avoidance will be temporary limited or inactive, but eventually these features will be restored back with over the air updates. Some Tesla owners are concerned that Tesla Vision will not be good enough when in full self-driving mode or autopilot mode for inclement weather like rain, fog, snow, or if you live in a place with wildfires, smoke. I wonder, and I was, was as I was writing this, I was wondering, does the Tesla radar, would that work in a sandstorm? Does radar work in a sandstorm? Because the Phoenix Metro gets these insane sandstorms, like hundreds of of miles or miles, hundreds of feet high, these haboobs come in and just cover the valley in um, sandstorms in sand. It's it's insane. Look on the internet for Phoenix haboob, and you'll see like video taken from like helicopters and stuff. It's it's crazy. Anyway, I guess it's moot because uh, I don't have a Tesla, and Tesla's getting rid of the radar. <laughs> Moving on, depending on where you are in the software update rollout. Tesla will be enabling the cabin-facing camera, camera for driver monitoring, <laughs> which they could update my brain and my mouth because they're not working today. Anyway, this move is because of criticism of uh, how easy it is, allegedly, 
to bypass Tesla safety features when you're in full self-driving mode. And I'm just going to throw autopilot in there under full self-driving. So the new feature will also, it'll, it'll monitor your attentiveness, but it also make sure that some, there's somebody in the driver's seat and spoiler alert, uh, somebody will figure out how to bypass this safeguard. And actually I haven't viewed any of the videos on YouTube because I don't like giving those people any sort of extra views or likes. Um, it looks like people have already figured out how to bypass this feature. Anyway, Prior to Tesla enabling this cabin-facing camera to ensure drivers weren't circumventing these safety features, news outlets were calling Tesla irresponsible for not enabling the cabin-facing camera to make sure that the driver is doing what they're supposed to, like monitoring the driver. <laughs> well, now that they've enabled this cabin-facing camera, here's an outline. Here's a headline that I read, and it's from Gizmodo. So here's the headline. Are you ready? Tesla cars will now spy on you to make sure you don't autopilot yourself into a PR disaster. So that's a headline. Now, that's a great headline. Don't get me wrong, but that's really not what's happening in this case. And if you own a Tesla or if you're thinking about buying a Tesla and you didn't already know that Tesla is, and I'm going to use quotes here, spying on you or collecting a massive amount of data on you, well, now you know they've been doing this for a really long time. This isn't new. So enabling the cabin facing camera isn't it's I mean it's it's minor compared to what information Tesla collects on you, honestly. You just have to trust that Tesla is going to use this information responsibly. Okay, so there we go. Uh Tesla's also volunteer voluntarily recalling some Model 3s and Model Ys to inspect a brake caliper caliper bolt. The recall includes Model 3s and Ys built in the last three years, which pretty much seems like the mall, all of them. Tesla is not aware of any crashes related to the bolt's malfunction, so that's good to know. Um, we have some Model S news here. Norway has ordered Tesla to pay $16,000 to Model S owners for reducing the battery capacity and charging speed. So this affects, uh, I think, 2013, 2015 models. I didn't actually write that down. I believe this is in response to the Model S batteries that were catching on fire. In this particular lawsuit, there are only 30 owners involved in the lawsuit, but there are an estimated 10,000 Model S's in Norway. So there are likely to be more lawsuits in the future when you look you look at a $16,000 settlement to each Model S owner. Now, I'm guessing that Tesla will appeal this and, you know, they'll go through the whole appeals process. But right now, it's a pretty hefty number. While we're talking about the Model S, Model S Plaid deliveries have been delayed and people who've pre-ordered this vehicle want to know when they can take delivery of their cars. Well, it looks like the new version will be available in June, specifically June 3rd. But as I wrote this, uh, I was I, I, I mentioned that Tesla's timelines are unpredictable. So this weekend, I think, or earlier this week, or weekend rather, Elon announced on Twitter that they needed another week to figure some things out. So it sounds like June 10th will be the day for the start of Model S Plaid deliveries. I really hope that that's true because I know there are a ton of people out there that want to get their $160,000 car. And if I paid $160,000 or I was going to pay $160,000 for a car, I would want that sooner than later, if I'm being honest. 
And in our really not-so-banana-silly-news segment, if you live in a place like, I don't know, Austin, Texas, where they build the Cybertruck, and you want to buy a Cybertruck because of a Texas law, Tesla may have to ship the Cybertruck to a neighboring state and then turn around and ship it back to you in Austin. Now, there are some loopholes to get around this, but it, it, this whole thing is really silly. Like, this is so silly that you can't actually order a Tesla while you're on Tesla property. You have to be off Tesla property in order to order your vehicle. How they would know that, I don't know. Um, uh, the paperwork comes FedEx from a different Tesla store. And one uh, person inter who, interview who was interviewed for the story, he said that his paperwork came from a store in Nevada. But once you've ordered the vehicle and it is shipped to one of Tesla's eight Texas service centers, the car needs to be prepaid for online before you step foot on the service center property. So that's the first thing. Second is like, they just basically leave the car for you and then you can pick it up. And it's not actually delivered by Tesla. It's just left in the parking lot for you to pick up. So this is, uh, uh, this is again, silly on a different level of silliness. Texan lawmakers only meet once every other year and for no longer than 140 days. So if they can't get this sorted out by the end of their 2021 term, this won't be revisited again until 2023. Um, but it, it's mind boggling, really. And I know that the laws are there to protect dealers, but ugh, geez, a loo. And I have one more thing to say on the Cybertruck. There was a lot of Cybertruck patent stories this week. I'm not going to cover them here because I don't usually talk about patents as a general rule. Like I'll talk about some new battery technology or whatever because I think that's cool. But patents that actually go in the vehicles, I try not to talk about because they don't always make it into the vehicles. And sometimes you're just patenting it because they're like, hey, we can do this. Let's patent it. So today is no different. Um I, because I'm a Cybertruck reservation holder and I do this silly little show, a lot of people send these kind of stories to me and I appreciate it when you do. Um, and I read them, but I, I'm just not going to talk about them here on the, the show. Um, not because I don't appreciate you sending me the story. It's just because again, patents don't always make it into the vehicle. So I don't know what we're, we're generating hype for something that may actually not exist in a product or at least initially. And finally, this is an American-centric story. EV tax credits in the U.S. will be expanding depending on congressional approval. So in the proposed bill, all EVs would qualify for a $7,500 tax credit. If the EV is built here in the United States, then you get a, an additional $2,500 on that. And if the EV was built here in the United States by labor union workers, then you would get an additional $2,500 on top of that. So if you bought, let's just say the Ford Lightning, because I don't know if you remember last week when I talked about union played a really big deal in the Biden speech at Ford. Um, well, now we're seeing why. Uh, you would get $12,500 in some sort of incentive from the government as long as that EV was priced under $80,000. So that's pretty cool. The 200000 limit, which we um, have talked about like 
excessively in the last couple of years will be replaced by some sort of timeline where the credits will be phased out or the incentives will be phased out. Now there's other stuff in this bill that's, you know, bolstering the infrastructure for EVs and there's, there's money for automakers and to encourage them to build EVs, but we're not going to talk about all that stuff. The thing that was the biggest consumer type news that will benefit you is you could get $12,500 off your next electric vehicle. If you buy a Tesla, you could get $10,000 off your electric vehicle in some sort of incentive. And that's pretty cool as far as I'm concerned. All right, folks, that is it for me. Thank you so much for listening. I apologize for forgetting to record the episode. Uh, I've been doing so good. Like I'm getting things done earlier and I'm making sure that I'm not over committing myself, which is a problem that I've had in the past. And this time I had everything done and then I had plans for Labor Day weekend, which involved going to Arizona and spending time with my family and watching movies. Uh, I just forgot to do the show because I'm just absent-minded, I guess. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. If you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital. You can also find me on Twitter at 918digital. My DMs are open. And if you want to support the show, go to supportkilowatt.com or kilowatt.com forward slash kilowatt. And I will see you all on Friday in just a couple of days. Thank you. Have a great week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.